This is Archive Atlanta, Episode 14, Girls High and Boys High. You're listening to Archive Atlanta, a history podcast where each week I'll be sharing a story about the people, places, and events that shape the history of the city of Atlanta. I'm your host, local tour guide, and total history nerd, Victoria Lemos. Happy Friday! It's been a week, but I am still recovering from that post-vacation funk where I cannot understand why I have to wake up every morning and go to work and parent instead of strolling down Magazine Street to get coffee and French pastries. So I had a really good time in New Orleans. There's a ton of history there. Actually, I found a podcast sort of similar to mine that I've been listening to, so it's great. I hope that maybe people from not from Atlanta are using my podcast to learn more about it as well. Not to take up too much time in this intro, but I do want to give a little recap of my travels, but not actually when I got all the way to where I was supposed to go. We made a pit stop in Montgomery, Alabama to visit the Legacy Museum and the National Memorial for Peace and Justice. First, let me just say that those two places are amazing. Uh, The Legacy Museum blew me away. It's really emotional. It's very heavy, but it's very, very well done. So um, it's worth a day trip. I want to go back to Montgomery, actually, to go see more things. So I recommend that. And downtown Montgomery is a little weird. Um, This was a Thursday, but it was really, really quiet. And it kind of has this air of abandoned. There's just a lot of abandoned storefronts and everything is really old. But I actually found a mostly abandoned neighborhood right next to downtown that had these large Victorian homes. It was just bizarre. At some point, my boyfriend grew tired of me stopping the car every two blocks to get out to take photos and reminded me that we actually needed to keep driving to get to Louisiana. In that neighborhood, though, I found a building that I instantly fell in love with, and when I walked around, I found a cornerstone explaining its use as the Montgomery Female College in 1872. The building there now is a little newer. It's actually 1891 when they rebuilt it, but from what I read online, it's the oldest public school building in Montgomery. I'm going to put a photo of that on my Instagram and Facebook stories if you guys want to take a look. But it reminded me of how much I love old school buildings and the way that they're able to tell a story about their surroundings. Is it fancy? Is it simple? Who went to school here? Who wasn't allowed to go to school here? Stuff like that to me is a conversation starter. And they're also, I think, really easy to repurpose. So taking a school building and turning it into something else has worked really well in many cities. Atlanta has a whole host of former schools. Many of them have been converted to other uses, but many more have sadly been demolished. Now, this is the perfect segue into my quirky collection. Um, I collect vintage yearbooks, and it all started with, I think it was 1942, school in New York. I picked it up in a state sale, and it was right before World War II, so there's all this really interesting kind of anti-Hitler stuff in it and the hairstyles, and I don't know what it was. I purchased it. And as the saying goes, the rest is history. So now I have a, not a crazy collection. I think I probably have about 20 books. But I even have my friends kind of source them out for me. Um, Really one friend, my friend Jen, she found me a 1909 University of North Carolina yearbook. It's like leather bound with letterpress pages. And the recent years, I've really focused on collecting local Atlanta yearbooks. And so my hope is to kind of get all the schools I can find And so far, I'm not doing too bad. I have a Bass High School, Henry McNeil Turner, um, and I have two schools that I'm going to talk about today. This week, we're going to talk about Atlanta's first two public high schools, Girls High and Boys High. 
And we're getting a little bonus third school squeezed in there, which I will tell you about later. But like I said last week, I want to start with a broader picture. So a quick overview of education in America, how we get to free public education, and then how that started in Georgia and Atlanta. So the largest overview of education really begins in people's homes because this is where all children were taught, usually by their parents or if they could afford it, by private tutors. The Puritans would be the first to push the need for public education. And Thomas Jefferson was actually a very early proponent of an educational system that was paid for by the government. That idea was apparently a little too crazy because it would take a century before everybody would get on board and we would have public education in America. Early on, even if there were schools built in a city or a town, it was not law that kids had to attend. Massachusetts would be the first state to pass compulsory school laws in 1852, followed by New York. Then by 1918, all American children were required to attend at least elementary school. In 1770, when Georgia was still a colony, we had about 10 what you would now call elementary schools, mostly taught by ministers. And it would be Republican governments during the Reconstruction era. Now remember, Republican and Democrat did not mean the same thing in those times. So basically kind of switch the ideals of each party that you know today, um, and that would be the Republican Party of that time. So... Anyway, the Republican Party was responsible for establishing the first public school systems that would be supported by tax dollars for both black and white children. Now, of course, they would not be attending these schools together because segregation was the norm, um, if not yet the law. Back in 1845, the year that we switched names from Marthasville to Atlanta, the city's population consists of about 2,000 white people, um, I think almost 500 enslaved but the white children are the only ones going to school. So educational pursuits were for whites only, and they were mostly for the wealthy. All that being said, private education was still preferred by wealthy white families. They were like, eh, public schools, that sounds weird. Marthasville had one private school that was built in 1845, and it was not until 1853 that we would have the first free public school, which was called the Holland Free School. Um, and it was in downtown Atlanta. It was strictly for poor students, poor white students, and parents had to sign a statement of sorts that promised they did not have the means to school their children and they needed this help from the government. The Atlanta public school system would be established by the city council in 1869, and then opening day of the first school was in 1872. In that same year, they would establish three grammar schools, grammar kind of like elementary schools, and two high schools. These were all free and open only to white residents. I definitely want to do an episode on the first schools for black children in the future. Now, these three elementary schools were called Ivy Street, Crew Street, and Walker Street, and the two high schools were called Boys High and Girls High. Can we just take a minute to appreciate the simplicity of these names? Nothing to see here, people. It's literally location or gender. Girls High opened in 1872, as I said earlier, with about 170 girls in its inaugural class. The first structure that it's housed in has an address of 66 Whitehall Street. And initially, both Girls High and Boys High are in the same building. So there's just not that many people. They kind of just smushed them all together. The next year, 1873, Girls High is moved into the mansion of John Neal, which stood right where City Hall is today. 
15 years after that, they actually would build like a three-story schoolhouse in the backyard of the mansion, and they would actually stay in that school until 1925. Now keep in mind, these girls are going to school in basically an old mansion that was used by Sherman as headquarters during the Civil War. And as the years pass, it's not holding up well at all. In 1912, the Board of Education president declares that Girls High was, quote, a monstrosity and an embarrassment to the city of Atlanta. In 1920, Atlanta's mayor deems the building as, quote, unfit. In 1921, a bond passes and they earmark $400,000 to fix Atlanta schools. So it's with a portion of this money that they fund a new school building for Girls High. This new facility would be built in Grant Park on land purchased from the prison farm. And I talked about this a tiny bit in the Grant Park episode, but residents of the neighborhood were pretty pumped that a school was opening because it meant that the prison's closing was imminent. This new building was officially designed by Edwards and Sayward, who also did the Oddfellows Building, which is on Auburn Avenue, and the University Homes, which is a housing project. But I learned that the overall construction was the conception of A. Tenike Brown, which is my favorite Atlanta architect. For some reason, whenever I go up to a building and I instantly fall in love, this man has designed it. This new school building opened in 1925, and it had science halls, labs, sewing rooms, art and music departments, and it even had a little model apartment, so you could really hone those home ec skills for the ladies. My favorite part is that it had its own bank with bank teller windows and the whole nine yards to encourage the girls to save money, but also to learn the banking business. I can't remember which book I have because I have so many, but I read something from a former student that I wanted to share. And she says, quote, even at that time, they were taking girls high graduates at any college in the United States. I don't know of anyone who is not proud to have graduated from girls high because it meant something in the business world. It meant something all over at that time, end quote. And it was rare at that time that the majority of your graduates are going to college because that was not normal. The school would go on to have its five minutes of fame when President Roosevelt visited in the 1930s, and it would continue to be a girls-only school until 1947, which is the year when all Atlanta schools became co-educational. Now, at this point, they renamed it Roosevelt High School, and it stayed open until 1985. It's actually now still there, and it's apartments, so you can live there. I looked online, and the reviews are not super great, so do that at your own risk. But, I mean, think about the history that you get to live in. Or you can just go see it. The address is Rosalia Street. Um, When you do that, though, it's a dead-end street, and there's a fence. It does give you a really nice view of the school. Just know that it's very difficult to actually get up close to it. Now, Boys High started off just like Girls High. I mean, they did share a building. So when Girls High was moved to another building, Boys High tagged along and they actually relegated them to the basement. They finally got their own building in 1894, which was at the corner of Cortland and Gilmer Streets. Right now, that's about the corner where Hurt Park and Georgia State University are today. I think the city definitely underestimated the popularity of public schools because I think by 1896, you have 20,000 people enrolled. This created overcrowding, and the school board realizes they really need to build another school. Around the same time that Girls High is being criticized for its state of disrepair, Boys High is no better and a little worse. The newspaper published kind of like an expose detailing that the dilapidated wooden structure 
which wood means really flammable, had no fire escapes, broken staircases, overclouded classrooms, and rodents. As if those issues were not enough, the residents of the city were harshly criticizing how much it cost to run the school because they had like three available courses of study. There was a business track, kind of a classical education, and then they had technology focused. So the solution um, kind of of this criticism was to break out the technological portion of the curriculum and make it its own school, which they would name Tech High. They took Tech High and they moved it into an old grammar school that was on Marietta Street. Now, do not think this building was in any better shape. It was equally as dilapidated. So now you have public outcry that two school buildings are unsafe and overcrowded. Construction of a new school would begin in 1923 and it would open in 1925. And at the time, the Atlanta Public School superintendent kind of piggybacked on the success of combining Hoke High School and Commercial High School. By the way, I have a Commercial High School yearbook. Uh, but the brilliant idea was, hey, why don't we combine Boys High and Tech High once again in this new building? Now, this new building could hold 1,500 students and have 40 classrooms, so there was a lot more room. But my favorite stories about these two schools in one building are the rivalries. There was a literal white line drawn down the hallway that would separate them. And this was serious. Like friendships were tested, fights were had. And when Tech High played Boys High in football, it was a sight to see. Like you guys think, you know, Georgia Tech and UGA have a rivalry. This was apparently way worse. I just read a story today um, about the fact that there was a flagpole in the middle of the campus that was supposed to serve both schools. Well, someone from Tech High put up a metal flag and greased the pole. So then someone from Boys High took a shotgun to get it to come down. And that's not a joke because apparently this bullet-ridden flag lives at the Atlanta History Center. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Victoria, you haven't told us where this new building is. Well, it's what we now call Henry Grady High School. The large stately building right next door to Piedmont Park it was not named Grady High until 1948. There were additions made to the original building. So in 1937, they got an auditorium and a gym. And in later years, they added some more buildings. So that's kind of the conglomeration you can see today. But that, you know, older stately building, that is the original building. Grady High School would also go on to be the first Atlanta school to integrate in 1961. Now, does that year sound weird at all to you? Because Brown vs. Board of Education was in 1954. But as always, we like to do things a little differently down here, and Atlanta fought integration of schools tooth and nail. But that, my friends, is a whole other episode in the future. Lots of famous graduates have come out of boys and tech high. Um, it's kind of hard when you look at graduates because they'll sort of tell you someone graduated from there, but maybe it was Grady at the time. So from true tech high and true boys high, you have Truett Cathy, who is the founder of Chick-fil-A. You have Lester Maddox, um, Sid Williams, who founded Life University which is like the chiropractic college of the globe. I feel like anybody who's a chiropractor goes there. In my collection, I do have a Tech High yearbook from 1946, so two years before the name would change, and I love it. They have all the clubs, all the sports teams, the football schedules, and both schools had really serious ROTC squads that would march on the football field you see today bordering Monroe Drive. 
I did find a boys high yearbook on eBay, but it's a little pricey. So I'm going to wait for Christmas um, or my birthday and probably buy that. I also have a girls high yearbook and it has such a crazy story attached to it that I want to end this episode by sharing it with you guys. To give you a little TMI into my personal life, uh, I have been divorced for over three years now. My ex and I are great friends. We are rock star co-parents, and he is remarried with a baby of their own. His wife is what I jokingly call OG Atlanta. Her family has been here at least three or four generations, which in a city of transplants is just really rare. And that's kind of the joke in Atlanta. When you ask someone where they're from, it's always somewhere else. Which also explains why we have no sports loyalties, but I digress. So being the history nerd that I am, I'm constantly asking her her family history stuff, um, anything connection to Atlanta, like where her people are buried. And the highlight for me was getting to meet her grandmother. So I think she's maybe almost 90 years old. She was born in Atlanta. Um, I think when she was married, she lived in the West End. And I remember the mention that she went to Girls High. So I find my Girls High yearbook. Uh, I call to ask more details about her grandma, and it turns out I purchased a 1947 senior yearbook, which was the year, the last year that the school was functioning as Girls High. Turns out it was also the senior year of her grandma. So I was able to find her senior picture, her friend's pictures. It was really cool. But the story doesn't even end there. So oftentimes when you buy an old yearbook, people stick papers in them. Sometimes they stick commencement programs, but more commonly they put in reunion programs. You know, you buy a yearbook and then it'll be like the 20-year reunion shoved in the pages. In my 1947 Girls High Yearbook, there was a 1987 Atlanta Journal-Constitution article about the 40th reunion. Nine or so women attended. They're kind of like you know, huge picture on the page in the article, and one of them was her grandma. She's quoted in the article stating her love of the school, how she's never missed a reunion, even though her grandchild was going to be born any day now. That grandchild is my daughter's stepmom. I, my brain was exploding. I called her. I was fully prepared to give her grandmother this yearbook. I really didn't want to, but I was like, this is the right thing to do. And when I met her grandma, she was like, oh, no, no, I have my own copy. I did give her a copy of the article because I didn't need that. And she was really thrilled about it. So there you have it. The story of Atlanta's first high schools, boys high and girls high and a little bonus tech high. Remember, you can see each of these buildings today, which is not something to be taken for granted here in Atlanta. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please, please, please rate it on iTunes, and if you can, leave a review. I always love receiving comments or feedback or hearing your personal connections to these places, so continue to share that with me. Tag hashtag Archive Atlanta on any photos you guys take, and enjoy exploring. I'll see you guys next week. <music>